that makes it so integral to the life of the church. Last Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, was when uh, God the Father and Jesus the Son sent the Holy Spirit into our midst, first to the disciples, and then the flames of the Holy Spirit spread out, and the mission of the church was launched into the world. And so as we are about to enter what the church calls ordinary time, after Easter, after Pentecost, Trinity Sunday marks the mission of the church under the authority of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so it's an important time as we go into ordinary time with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the head of the church, at the launch of the church. Ordinary time should be anything but ordinary for Christians. Usually on Trinity Sunday, the lectionary of Scripture, the offerings for Scripture in the church year, begin with the beginning. Genesis 1 and following. And so that's where I want to go this morning because nothing says Father, Son, and Holy Spirit like creation and the Holy Spirit moving over creation and the ultimate plan for creation, the Son of God bringing salvation and redemption, the reclaiming of, of creation back to God after the fall. So we start at the very beginning. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and earth. That's verse 1-1 of Genesis. We discuss the six days of creation. We, we almost are forced to think of God's creation of the earth and its inhabitants and all the celestial neighbors surrounding the earth in this vast area we call space in, in terms of finite time. The opening verse of, of the Genesis account says in the beginning, if, if we say that something has a beginning, then it also must at some point have an ending. If we say that something has a beginning, then we know that there is a purpose or an objective. There is a future goal that can be defined as the end. In theological discussions, this endpoint is called the eschatological purpose. Eschatology deals with the end times. And ever since the launch of the church, we have been in the end times. In other words, God did not begin the creation without having a distinct purpose in mind, without a distinct plan. Creation was not accidental it was orchestrated verse 2 of genesis the earth was formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from god read that holy spirit swept over the face of the waters see the idea here is that the earth was uninhabitable 
useless, wasteland, until the wind from God, the inspiration of God, the breathing in of God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit moved upon it. Before God moves and breathes Holy Spirit life into it, everything is darkness, all is deserted. It's just a wasteland, a blank slate waiting to be painted on by the hand of God. And so in verse 3, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. That's a lot to accomplish in one day. See, before the movement of the Holy Spirit, Everything is darkness and everything is silent. But God in his sovereignty shatters the silence with his spoken word and he simply says, let there be light. By the power of his word, God pierces the darkness with his light and he leaves a remnant of darkness and he called it night. See, the fact that God calls the light good means God and God alone is able to judge good, what is righteous, what is holy. And the dark remnant serves to remind us that without the light of God in the world, the darkness will quickly return. And the morning light that comes each and every day serves to remind us that God's grace and mercy and faithfulness are new for each and every one of us every morning. You have to choose to wake up in that light. Now, the light of day, that's a gift from God. The choice to choose God each and every morning, that's up to us. God names the darkness night and the light day. Naming something shows that you have authority over it. God rules the night and the day. Naming is God's divine prerogative. And the interesting thing is God decides to hand that ability over to his creation, humanity, to name the animals, the animals that God says have dominion over these and subdue them. All of this. In the first day. Now the second day, God says, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so God called the dome sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. See, the, the creation of this expanse that God calls sky is the second division that God makes in his creation. He separated the light from the dark. Remember the first division there on the first day. And then the second day, he separates the sky from the waters of the earth. And all the ancient peoples, after the fall, after Adam and Eve were ejected from the garden, 
all the ancient peoples would attribute rain and storms and clouds to gods. They had the sky god, the rain god, the moon god, the sun god, and on and on, so many gods for every conceivable thing that they had questions about or didn't fully understand. But clearly, according to Genesis, God named the sky and everything he placed in it. God has authority over the heavens and the earth. There was evening, there was morning, the second day is complete. And then on the third day, God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruits, uh, fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and morning the third day. See, God further divides creation on the third day, separating the land from the water. Remember, we had on the first day light from dark, and then on the second day, the heavens from the earth, and now on the third day, land from water. And if, if you notice that God judged the light to be good, but he withheld his approval from the second day's work until the end of day three, when the land was separated from the water and there were separations of time and space and the place where the place where life can exist was complete. And at the end of day three, finally, after there was room for life to grow, God called his work good. You'll notice that God never calls anything good that's incomplete. Completeness is what God is about. Order, structure, so by the end of the third day, the planet was ready to receive life. Land was in place and water was in place and those together could produce vegetation to sustain living creatures. And day three is the first time in creation where we see productivity in the world. God speaks and the earth produces. And so there's evening and morning, the third day. And then the fourth day, God says, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. So as I read that, as my brain works, and sometimes it does in fact, the sun and the moon and the stars, the, thing that, the, the things that light our days and our nights were not created until the fourth day. Where did the light come from that pierced the darkness on day one? If the sun, moon, stars, all the light-bearing things in creation 
weren't created until day four, where did the light come from? On day one, where did the light come from that separated the night from the day? What was the source of the light before day four when God created the sun and moon and stars? Well, the the answer is astonishingly simple. The light was the light of God. The light was the light of Christ. The light was the light of the world. The source of all light was the light source. The great I am was the light. I am the light of the world. And Scripture says that when we accept Christ, we become the light of the world. And so there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Now on day five, God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God said that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. So the earth has been divided into light and dark, heaven and earth, land and sea. And the earth bears fruit and vegetation springs forth by the command of our creator God. And all then is ready for life to inhabit the earth. And God speaks the living creatures to swarm the waters and the birds to fill the heavens. And again, he declares that the work of that day was good And there was evening and there was morning, the end of the fifth day. Day six, God says, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. See, God commands the land to produce living creatures of every kind. Rounding out this wonderful diversity of God's creation. And once again, God declares that it's good, but God's not finished yet on day six. He says, let us make humankind in our image. Now, is that the royal hour or was he referring to the Godhead, the Trinity? Could be either. Let, him make, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and let every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth be subjected in dominion to humankind. And so God created us in His image In the image of God, he created them male and female. No gender dysphoria there. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. 
And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life I have given every green plant for food and it was so and God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day see God makes humankind and provides for their sustenance and God himself is the provider God he is Jehovah Jireh God who provides he provides food for his creation through his creation and God blesses his creation with the ability and the desire to procreate, to be fruitful and to multiply. And as God surveys the work on that sixth day, he declares it not not just good, but very good. Very good. This is the substance from which you come. You were created by God to be very good. And so there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. Why is this important to our celebration of the Godhead, the Holy Trinity? I would submit to you that the Genesis story is the salvation story. The story of creation from Genesis is really the foundational story of salvation. The account of creation is also the account of your individual, personal recreation in Christ. Because, you see, in the beginning, before we know Christ, you and I, like the earth, are formless and void. Darkness covers us as we are in deep below the surface of the waters of sin. But you see, the Holy Spirit of God moves over the surface of the deep where you and I are treading like mad to stay afloat in this life. And just as we are going under for the last time, as our heads are hopelessly covered by the dark, deep water of sin, we reach up our hands and we cry out, Abba, Father. It's a cry of hope. It's a cry of desperation. It's a cry of a soul that suddenly realizes that they need a Savior. soon as we cry out that's when it happens God says let there be light and there is light God sees the light he sees that the light is good he sees that the light separates us from the darkness of sin And the Holy Spirit then reaches down into the deep, dark water and grabs us by the hand and he grabs us by the heart and he points us to the light. 
The spirit shows us the light and the light is Jesus Christ. In John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, as we accept Christ, we too become light. We are the light of the world and God sees us. And when he does, he sees that we are now good. We are now through the light of Christ acceptable to God the Father. When we decide to follow Jesus, we no longer walk in darkness, but we have the light of eternal life dwelling within us. We are separated once and for all from the darkness of our former hopeless existence. These vessels that we are in our humanity, the vessels that have all the chips and the cracks and the breaks and the brokenness. When we accept Jesus, the light of Christ enters this vessel and through those cracks and through that brokenness and through all the chips, the light of Christ shines from us into a dark and broken world and people see us and they say, what on earth is that? And how do I get it? So whether God is creating planets or making new creations out of people, the Genesis story still applies. The Genesis story is still going on right now this morning as we're here in the sanctuary. The, the Ancient writings are still as alive today as they ever were because they are the essence of new creation that occurs in each and every one of us as we are inbreathed by the Holy Spirit, as that divine wind of God blows over the surface of the waters of sin and the Holy Spirit reaches in to rescue us. The moment we turn from sin and cry out to God for the saving grace of Jesus Christ, his death having paid for our sin in full. That is the beautiful orchestration of the recreation of souls by the Godhead, the Holy Trinity, as creation is accomplished in God's universe and in each and every saved soul, including yours and mine. What an awesome creator God we serve. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.